Al-Bayan Radio presents an explanation of Kitab al-Iman from Sahih Muslim presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we continue bi-idhnillahi ta'ala as you are aware with the sharh of Kitabul Iman from Sahih Muslim. And it is always good for us to remember, my dear brothers, the importance of studying the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For it is from the greatest type of knowledge that you can benefit and learn. And the reality is, our deen in its entirety is taken from the two sources, from the Qur'an and from the sunnah of the Prophet So never underestimate the value and the greatness of learning the sunnah of your Prophet Muhammad For there is no greater type of knowledge than this type of knowledge. In our last lesson, we began speaking about the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma regarding the five pillars of Islam. And in one of those narrations, as we mentioned, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma was asked, as in Sahih Muslim, Someone asked him, why do you not go out in jihad in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal? And then he replied by saying Islam is built on five pillars. For the hadith of the five pillars of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, this seems, wallahu alam, to be the reason why Ibn Umar mentioned the hadith. He mentioned the hadith of the five pillars because of the question that was asked to him. And regarding this hadith, we began taking a number of benefits or lessons from it. From those benefits is that the scholars have agreed that these five pillars of Islam are not the religion entirely. The five pillars are not all of Islam. But they are the main pillars of Islam, without a doubt. But they are not what we consider to be all of the religion, because we know that the entire deen is much more than the five pillars that are mentioned in the hadith. And the scholars also agreed that a person's Islam is not correct, if they do not have the foundation of Iman. A person's Islam cannot be correct, it's invalid, if they do not have the foundation of Iman. So there's no such thing as a Muslim who doesn't have Iman. There's no such thing. Every Muslim must have at least the foundation of Iman. And the majority of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah say 
that every believer is a Muslim, every mu'min is a Muslim, but not every Muslim is considered to be a mu'min. Even though every Muslim must have iman. But to be a mu'min, it requires more iman. And it requires more practice of your deen. And this was the way of the Salaf al-Salih, where they placed the religion in levels. Islam, Iman and Ihsan. Every mu'min is a Muslim, but not every Muslim is considered to be a mu'min. Also from the lessons of this hadith, is what Ibn Rajab rahimahullah mentioned. Ibn Rajab, regarding this hadith rahimahullah, he said, what is meant by this hadith is to compare Islam to a building. Ibn Rajab said, this hadith is comparing Islam to a building. And the pillars of the building are those five. So think of your religion as a building, that has pillars holding it. And the pillars of that building are those five pillars mentioned in the hadith. So the building cannot be stable without them. This is what Ibn Rajab rahimahullah said. The building cannot be stable without the five pillars carrying it. He says, and all the other aspects of Islam are a completion of the building. So the pillars are five, everything else in the deen is a completion. It perfects the building. Okay? He says, if anything of it is missing, then the building has some imperfections. If anything from Islam is missing in that building, then the building has imperfections. This is what Ibn Rajab rahimahullah said. Also we benefit from this hadith, this great hadith my brothers. Because the hadith of the five pillars of Islam, it is considered to be one of the greatest hadiths. Because it's teaching us not only the fundamentals, but the arkan. The most important parts of your deen. The scholars said, whoever leaves the first pillar, which is Tawheed and the Shahadatain, and does not utter them, whoever does not speak the Shahadatain of La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah, while he is able to speak them, meaning he's not a mute, some people can't talk. Whoever can, does not say them, the Shahadatain, when he is able to say them, is an apparent and an internal disbeliever. This person, the ulama rule him to be a kafir on the zahir and the batin. The one who is able to say the shahadatain, but he refuses or he doesn't say them. This person, the ulama rule him to be a non-Muslim both on the apparent and internally, and that consensus, ijma' of the salaf. But we mention this because there are deviant sects who said otherwise. Like the Jahmiyyah, 
the Jahmis, my brothers and sisters, and a group from the Murji'a known as the Salihiyya. These two groups, the Jahmis and the Murji'a, or the Salihiyya of the Murji'a, they said, if a person affirms the Shahadatain in his heart, then his kufr is only on the external, not on the internal. That's the difference between those two sects and Ahlul Sunnah. So they said, if a person doesn't say the shahadatain, but he believes them in the heart, his kufr is on the apparent, but he's not a kafir internally. How does that make sense? And as the people of knowledge said, this is a bid'ah that no one before them came up with. And this is impossible because to have internal iman, it necessitates affirming with the apparent. If you have iman in your heart, it must be made clear on the apparent. As the ulama said, because to believe internally, and not externally, the ulama says impossible. To believe internally and not externally are two contradictions. That's regarding the shahadatain. As for the four pillars after it, which we call the four fards, salah, zakat, hajj, and psalm. As for the four pillars, whoever abandons them while affirming their obligation, Whoever does not perform the four pillars, but he affirms that they are obligatory, the scholars of Ahl Sunnah differed regarding them. There is khilaf, and there's big khilaf regarding who is considered Muslim and who is not, which pillar and which not. For there is kalam tawil arid for Ahl al-Alam on this particular topic. The one who abandons the four pillars or does not do them while believing that they are obligatory to do. From those opinions, and we are not here to mention all the opinions, we mention some. The Shafi'is, Jazakallahu Khairan, Imam Shafi'i and Malik and Abu Hanifa. Rahimahumullah, the three fuqaha, they said, whoever leaves one of the four fards while affirming their obligation does not disbelieve. This was the opinion of three of the madhabs, the Shafi's, the Maliki's, and the Ahnaf. Whoever leaves one of the four fards while affirming the obligation. He is not a disbeliever. That is one of the views. Then you have the view of Imam Ahmad and others from the Salaf. Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, in his own madhab, his view differed into a number of narrations from him. So when you study Imam Ahmad's aqwal, you will come across 
different views from the Imam himself, Rahimahullah. For example, in one of his opinions, Imam Ahmad Rahimahullah said, the person disbelieves if he abandons one of the four, even if it's Hajj. That's one of the opinions within the Hanbali Madhab, narrated from Imam Ahmad. And it is not strange for the Madhab to have more than one opinion on a mas'ala. For those who study fiqh, this is normal. So one of the opinions of Imam Ahmad rahimahullah is that if the person abandons one of the four, then he disbelieves, even if it is hajj. Now, and this was the opinion of others, such as Sa'id ibn Jubayr and Nafi' rahimahumullah from the Salaf. Alright, that's one opinion from Imam Ahmad. The second opinion, Imam Ahmad rahimahullah, it's also narrated from him, that the person does not believe, does not disbelieve, Afwan, the person does not disbelieve by abandoning any of the four fards as long as he affirms their obligation. That's another opinion within the Hanabila. So that second opinion is the same opinion as the first. The Shafi's, the Maliki's, and the Ahnaf. This second opinion or second riwayah within Imam Ahmad rahimahullah's madhab is that if you leave one of the four, but you if you leave any of them, but you affirm the obligation, you don't disbelieve. And that opinion was adopted by Ibn Batta rahimahullah from the Hanbalis and others from within the Hanbali Madhab. The third opinion, all within the Hanbali Madhab, is he disbelieves if he abandons the Salah and the Zakah only. In other words, if he abandons fasting and Hajj, he doesn't disbelieve. But he disbelieves if he abandons the Salah and the Zakat. That's one of the opinions within the Hanbali Madhab. How many is that? Three. Four. Number four. The fourth opinion in the Hanbali Madhab, he disbelieves if he abandons the Salah and the Zakah, but, and he fights the Imam. For leaving them. He fights the Khalifa or the leader. So this fourth opinion is regarding the one who abandons the Salah or the Zakat. But not only does he abandon them. If the Imam fights him for abandoning them, he fights the Imam. This person disbelieves. That's the fourth opinion within the Hanbali Madhab. And the last one, my dear brothers... The last opinion is that he disbelieves only if he abandons the salah. 
And as the ulama said, they, this opinion, yani the, the kufr of the one who does not pray, this was the opinion of many of the salaf, and it is the madhab of most of the hanabila. So most of the hanabila from all those opinions within their madhab, that's the most common one. That he disbelieves for abandoning the salah. And this is a strong opinion. And Imam Ahmad rahimahullah's takfir of the one who abandons the salah, that is the most commonly narrated opinion from him. So even though he would have mentioned the others over time, but the most common fatwa of Imam Ahmad is regarding the salah only. Regarding abandoning the salah, most of his answers were stating the kufr of the one who abandons the salah. And the proof for the one, for the kufr of the one who abandons the salah are many. That's not our discussion. The hadiths and the verses in the Quran are plenty. For that is the more common opinion within the Hanbali madhab. So that's some of the opinions of Ahlul Alam regarding the four fards. And we've mentioned before that some of the tabi'een, they said the companions of Rasulullah they never considered abandoning an action to be kufr except for salah. That was the only amal, the only action they considered its abandonment to be kufr. This was narrated from some of the tabi'een about the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Also from the benefit of this hadith, in the second narration, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said about the first pillar, it is to worship Allah and to disbelieve in everything besides Him. Because the hadith of five pillars the first pillar we know is the shahadatain. Sometimes an Nabi would say about the five pillars, the first one is La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. In one of the narrations here in Sahih Muslim, he said to worship Allah and to disbelieve in everything besides Him. And this is the same as La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Worship Allah alone or believe in Allah alone and disbelieve in everything. That's the exact same as La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And this clarifies for us the reality of Tawheed, that Tawheed is built on two pillars. Tawheed is built on two pillars. The first is to worship Allah. The second is to disbelieve in Taghut. That's Tawheed. You cannot believe in Allah without disbelieving in Taghut. And Allah Azza wa Jal mentions this in the Quran. If anything, disbelieving in Taghut comes before believing in Allah. In the verse in the Quran, فَمَن يَكْفُرْ وَيُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ Allah Azza wa Jal says, whoever disbelieves in Taghut and believes in Allah. So you cannot have Yani la ilaha illallah if you do not disbelieve in every false god. You must. Otherwise, 
you have not fulfilled the tawheed to Allah Azza wa Jal. For me to be a muwahid of Allah Azza wa Jal, for me to be a true worshipper of Allah, I must disbelieve in every other false god. Every false god, we disbelieve in it, we deny it, we reject it, and then we affirm lordship, worship for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. That's what it means to be a muwahid, a person of tawheed. In the third narration, we said, Abdullah ibn Umar answered, radiallahu anhu, because a man asked him, why do you not go out to jihad? Then Abdullah ibn Umar said, Islam is built on five pillars. Okay? So this narration, it shows the reason why ibn Umar, radiallahu anhu, mentioned the hadith. And that hadith is a dalil that Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma used this hadith as a proof that going out to jihad is not a fardain. We understand that from this hadith. The man clearly asked Ibn Umar, why do you not go to jihad? Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu answered, Islam is built on five pillars. So the hadith is clear that Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu is teaching the man that jihad is not fard ayn, rather it is a fard kifaya. It is a fard kifaya. And this ruling that jihad is a fard kifaya is ijma' amongst the scholars. There is no difference of an opinion amongst the scholars of Ahl Sunnah that the general ruling of jihad is it is fard kifaya, which means if some of the ummah does it, the obligation drops off everyone else. That's what a fard kifaya means. With saying that, with saying that, the ulama have also said there are certain times where jihad becomes fard ayn. So don't get mixed up between the general ruling and certain exceptions. The general ruling of jihad is that it is fard kifaya. If some of the ummah is doing it, the obligation drops off first. In certain instances, as the ulama said, it becomes fardain. What are those instances? Three or four times, as the people of knowledge have mentioned. And that is, for instance, if the enemy reaches you, jihad becomes fardain. If the enemy has reached you to attack you, it becomes fardain. Number two, if it reaches his land. So not necessarily reached him, but it's reached his land. Then the jihad becomes fardain. There are two times. The third, if the fard kifaya is not accomplished, if the fard kifaya has not done its job, then the obligation falls on everyone else. This is the third, re- the third time. And the fourth is if he is called by the khalifa. If the imam or the khalifa of the Muslims cause the person to go to jihad, it becomes fardain on that individual. Okay? So that is the ahkam. And that is why Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah answered the man in this way. To teach the ummah that the general ruling of the jihad is that it is fard kifaya. If some of the ummah has implemented it, then the obligation has dropped on the rest. And inshallah next week, we will continue with the next chapter of the book bi ta'ala wallahu a'lam 
وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم